Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson, a community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. On this week's show, we're going to speak with Elisa Lauer. She's the brewer for Iron John's Brewery, and she came to this by way of burgers and ballet. We're going to hear all about her fun journey in just a few minutes. Today is March 13th. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core. And you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, also available on your iPhone or Android with our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app, which you can get at your App Store or Google Play or wherever you go to get that fancy stuff for your phone. And if you want to get us on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Some people find our past episodes where they listen to their podcasts. Some find it on lifealongthestreetcar.org. And uh, some, if you're fancy, can just ask their smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. Well, it is March. We talked about this last week, all kinds of things happening. Yesterday, we had a, a couple of uh, events in the urban core. We had the St. Patrick's Day Parade and the uh, Grand Fondo, both of which involved a little libations, I believe. And uh, the weather is fabulous. Today, is uh, this weekend, is also the Festival of Books. And you may remember we, we mentioned that uh, we are going to have a booth at the Festival of Books. It's booth 403. If you're out and about today and stop by the University of Arizona Mall, the festival's free to everyone. And uh, you'll see us over at booth 403. Also, I want to give a shout-out to the team over at the Monica. We interviewed Ray Flores a couple of months ago about that concept. If you want to know more, you can head over to our, our, our uh, website, lifelongstreetcar.org, and just plug in the Monica in the search engine there, and it'll pop up that story. But they opened for uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner last week in downtown. So we're happy to, to have them for another fine dining option. And another one of our fancy options in the downtown area for beer is Iron John's Brewery. They opened up their tap room just a few weeks ago, February 10th, I know, because I was there. And we have on the show today their brewer. Her name is Elisa Lauer, and she has a very interesting journey uh, from where she began uh, in ballet to where she ended up now in brewing. And coincidentally, she started her dancing career in Milwaukee, uh, which is also known for, uh, for brewing. So I think there's a good correlation there. We had a chance to sit down with her uh, last week, I believe it was, and did this uh, interview by phone. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation today with uh, Elisa Lauer. All right. So it's Elisa Lauer. And mm-hmm. w- there's, there's so many different titles that we could use for you. What is, what is your current title with like Iron John's, for example? Um, I am the brewer. Um, I would say I'm definitely in the apprentice mode right now because we're working with a brewery consultant that's basically teaching me what I need to know. Um, and yeah, so right now I'm the brewer. I'm actively doing all of the brewing with some assistance from the other business partners. Um, 
So, so how, but yeah. how, how did you, you're an apprentice then, so how did you get into the role? Did you just wake up one day and like, man, I really like beer, let's go make some? <laughs> well, that kind of ended up happening sort of naturally with the merge of Monkey Burger and Iron John's back in, um, actually the merger happened on January 1st of 2020. And when we merged, we had this whole plan of merging the two businesses remodeling, building a whole new restaurant, brewery concept, um, and reopening as Iron John's uh, kitchen and tap room. Um, and this was all prior to knowing that COVID-19 was going to be a thing. So this was January yeah. of 2020, and then two months uh-huh. later, all of those plans were were put on a shelf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so we were very quick to like execute things, start construction, do all of that. And in that process, we ended up shutting down our old brewing space with the intention of being able to basically live on the amount of beer we had on hand until the new brewing space was built later that spring. And then COVID hit and it completely shut everything down. We couldn't get equipment in, nothing. So we were left without a brewing space. At that time, we actually had a different head brewer who was then, you know, still on payroll and all that. And he had some kitchen experience and we still kept Monkey Burger open. So we ended up working in the kitchen during that time. So that way he could continue to be paid. And a lot of things happened, but basically it ended up that he ended up not working for us anymore. And it was not planned that way. So very suddenly we were without a brewer. That's when the partners came together and they're like, we got to come up with something real quick. And we were already working with uh, Dr. Paul Farnsworth, who he's this like nationally recognized brewery consultant. He uh, taught at a university in Texas, like brewing and fermentation. He he was part of the opening of this uh, company in Florida called Brew Hub, which is basically this large scale brewing space that supports other breweries and being able to make up what they can't do in their own space. So if they need to be able to brew more barrels or can or do anything like that, Brew Hub was there for that. And he's consulted for hundreds of breweries around the country, one of them being Four Peaks up in Phoenix. So he, he he's pretty noted. If you just search his name, Dr. Paul Farnsworth, you can find a lot of information about him. So we're really, really lucky to have him. But... His backstory kind of led to this where he basically talked to the guys that we just need to find somebody that can, you know, manage time well, that understands inventory, organization, understands processes and can stick to them, isn't going to make up their own rules on anything because it is a very meticulous process. If you skip a step, if you're not as clean on one part, you're going to ruin your beer. So my name came up in that. And at the time, actually, like between ballet and brewing, I worked for Starbucks and I was a store manager. And my job as a store manager was inventory, following processes, making sure other people were following processes, food safety, all that stuff. And so they kind of felt like it was a perfect fit. Even though I had never brewed beer before, they said, you know, nobody goes into beer knowing how to make beer even home brewers, when they upscale to um, like commercial, it doesn't translate the same way. So even on our, our system, which is a five barrel, uh, which is relatively small for commercial brewing, if we were to upscale to a 50 barrel system, it would be the same thing. It would be a whole new learning curve, starting from the beginning, figuring out what needs to go where, how much quantities of what needs to go in. And so, 
yeah, it kind of happened that way. And so I ended up leaving my store manager position and that was May of 2021. And we officially started brewing in November of 2021. So I've been apprenticing for coming up on a year in May. We've made several beers and they're getting really good reviews. I heard that you came and <laughs> tried some. I, I, so. I, I did. So, so, so both you have Iron John's now has two locations. There's a tap room downtown mm-hmm. and then a larger facility. We'll talk about both of those, but I did go to the tap mm-hmm. room and um, I had your sour. It was absolutely fabulous. So, oh, great. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> so, so, so your apprenticeship is, is working well. Um, yeah. And the tap room, if you're familiar with downtown, this is, this was open previously uh, mm-hmm. and it's a great facility to, uh, to go and have a beer, but you did with this merger with, with monkey burger and that's, this is, you came from the monkey burger side and mm-hmm. with this merger, Correct. if I understand correctly, the original sort of, uh, not the original one, but the, the, the your lo- other location downtown uh, in Armory Park area, that became a, the restaurant and, and, uh, and brewery, Correct. The with the brewing space that we have uh, is actually on it's on 18th and Jacobus and there's a tap room there and we also share the space with um, Americana Indoor Sports which is a soccer field facility and so there's indoor soccer fields here and so it's a really unique space that we have and there will be a restaurant here eventually um, it's in process but right now our main focus is obviously I mean we just got Congress back opened but we have a third location that is being remodeled right now, which is actually the old monkey burger. And that's on uh, Broadway and Craycroft. Okay. That was going to be another question which was with mm-hmm. monkey burger was still in existence, but that's, that's all becoming under the iron John's brand. Correct. Yeah. So we're actually reopening with a lot of the same food. So the burgers, specialty fries, all the stuff that monkey burger was known for. Um, but we're also adding in uh, pizza. We're really excited about that. We've never done pizza before. So we're really excited to kind of tap into that. And so you're going on air to say we we've never done these things, but I tell you if the if the if the, mm-hmm. uh, if the the quality of the beer is any um, idea, you're learning very very quickly. But you said something, yeah. and we we have to touch back on this because you just sort of glossed right over it. But you said in yeah. between ballet and brewing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let, let's let's start with that. You're actually talking yeah. about ballet, not some metaphor for for mm-hmm. dancing around all of these activities. You actually are a professional ballet dancer, correct? Yes, I was. Um, I So all my life growing up, I started dancing just recreationally when I was uh, like four or five. Became really serious about it when I was I think 11 or 12 years old and had kind of reached the max of where I was going to go with it. And I wanted to dance professionally. I wanted to be on the stage and have it be my job one day. And I ended up going to, for my last two years of high school, I ended up going to Virginia School of the Arts in Lynchburg, Virginia. And that's actually where I met my husband. Uh, he used to dance too. And then we found our way back to Tucson, but that's, there's a lot of steps in between there. But basically after I graduated from Virginia School of the Arts, I got my first professional job um, in the second company at Milwaukee Ballet in Wisconsin. Was there for two years and then ended up moving to Tucson to dance for Ballet Tucson, which is still a company today. It's a professional company in Tucson. They put on many works every single year. And we spent about, well, I spent about seven years dancing professionally with them. During that time, I also had a part-time job at Starbucks where I was just working, you know, just to get benefits, health insurance, that kind of thing. And I ended up really falling in love with Starbucks 
and the company and the culture that they created was getting a little bit burnt out on ballet and decided it was time for me to make a career change before I ended up resenting ballet because I never wanted to do that. I spent my whole life up until that point making sure I could do it. And then I did it for seven years. And I thought, you know what, even if it's just seven years, this is seven years more than a lot of people get. Mm -hmm. We'll be back to the second half of that interview with Elisa Lauer in just a moment. First, I do want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. And we are back. Going to start the second half of that interview with Elisa Lauer from Iron John's. We've heard her journey uh, as she got from the East Coast and ballet here to Tucson. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about brewing, Iron John's, and how the, the role of women in this field is growing with a lot more opportunities than just even a few years ago. So then I transitioned uh, to just working at Starbucks full-time, worked really hard. A year after I retired from ballet, I was promoted to store manager, ran many stores around Tucson, actually, over the course of uh, seven years. And then when this opportunity came up with Iron John's to brew for them, I, I jumped right at it. I, I love learning new things and being challenged and I don't like to be the expert in the room. I always want to be the one that can learn something new. So, so, so where does Monkey Burger fit into this timeline then? So at some point, yeah. now your, your, <laughs> husband, your husband's name is Stuart. You guys were, were mm-hmm. both professional dancers and ended up with Valley yeah. Tucson. Now, how do you get from that to, to Monkey Burger to Iron Jones? Yeah, so he, um, while he was dancing uh, here in Tucson, he was working part-time at Monkey Burger. It was under different ownership at that time. After he retired from dancing, he became the manager of the restaurant and the opportunity came up to uh, purchase the business. Owner at the time decided that they didn't want to do it anymore and were looking to close down and Stuart found a business partner to go in and purchase it together. Took the huge leap and bought a restaurant. And a year after that, it didn't work out with the business partner that we chose so we parted ways with them and became full owners of Monkey Burger. Four or five years of owning it, and then we were approached by uh, Iron John's. And actually, the, our contact, that like the connection that made Monkey Burger and Iron John's come together is actually um, George Larson from Larson & Baker. They own a lot of properties around town. One of our business partners, Chris, is friends with him. It just so happened that they were chatting one day, and uh, Chris, who was one of the co-owners of uh, Iron John's at the time, or still is, I should say, said that they were looking to expand on food and they kind of connected the two of us. And that was late 2019. And then January 1st, 2021, we were one business. Well, first of all, I get some kudos for not jumping in with a horrible pun when you said make a giant leap. So I get credit for (laughs) keeping quiet on that one. Um, (laughs) But I couldn't keep quiet too long. So now you're in this new, you're in this role 
as the brewer for Iron John's, which I've talked to other um, uh, breweries in Tucson, and it seems to be, although this is changing, it still seems to be pretty much a male-dominated field. Is that an accurate statement, or is it is that changing so much that it's no longer accurate? Yeah, it is a very male-dominated field. Um, it is changing a little bit. Uh, there's actually several breweries in Tucson that have female brewers, which I think is really cool. And there's this group called Pink Boot Society that's a worldwide organization, and Southern Arizona actually has their own chapter that I'm a part of. I have yet I haven't been a part of a meeting yet because I just joined it. It's all the people that are involved in brewing, fermentation, all that stuff in Southern Arizona. And they do monthly meetings, and I think it's really cool. It's like women empowerment in the <laughs> male-dominated industry, but. It's so funny that it's male-dominated now because originally when brewing first started, if you look at the history, brewing originally was done by only women, and we were actually went by the name Brewster. There's some history there that I, I read recently, and I can't speak verbatim on it, but basically women originally did all of the brewing of the beer, and we were called Brewsters. This was around the time when like witchcraft became a thing, and men thought that like, oh, what women can do with this, that might be witchcraft, that they can make this happen and eventually took it over and away from the women. We're slowly kind of getting it back, but that's why it is like a male dominated industry is just because of the history behind it mm. and how it transitioned from one to the other. As people want to get involved with as men or women, if they're kind of mm -hmm. starting out, what, what are some steps? Like, how do you get, I mean, you, you, you kind of, there's a lot of things that came together to put you in this position, but but what's a path someone can take to get there that doesn't have to start with uh, dancing in Milwaukee? <laughs> Probably the, the easiest thing would be to get a, a job in a brewery. Um, maybe not necessarily. I mean, it depends on what's available behind the scenes. Generally, people go in having had some experience. My experience is very unique. I'm, I'm very humbled by it that I actually get this opportunity because um, I know how hard some people work to get exactly where I am. And so I don't take it for granted one day. But I do know that the general way to get in is like you get into a brewery, you work in the tap room, you have, basically have to like pay your dues. And eventually you become the person that cleans the tanks or you help on a brew day with the grinding or the milling or you help with transferring beer, putting it in kegs, putting it in bottles and it sort of is like a step-by-step -step process and I'm getting a crash course of all of that all at once. So my brain is very full. Um, usually there's a lot of players in it. And so I'm, I'm really lucky that we have Paul, uh, Dr. Paul Farnsworth to lean on for this because I'm, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> How about the other breweries in town? Is there collaboration or are you pitted against each other or are you all kind of working collectively? Um, it's a very, from what I've gathered and what I've experienced is it's incredibly supportive. I mean, obviously there may be some outliers and I have not experienced that. Everyone works together because if one brewery is successful, we're all kind of successful. Mm -hmm. So if there's one brewery that does a really good thing and gets notoriety, then it all, all of a sudden puts this town on the map and makes all the breweries look really nice. It's a very supportive environment from what I've experienced so far and what I've what I've heard from other places with breweries that they all kind of work together, even as far as like, especially during COVID with all the issues with shipping and getting ingredients. Is there any type of brew hub you talked about, your consultant kind of working through mm -hmm. that concept? Do we have something like that in Tucson? I know there was rumors that people were going to start sharing resources like that. Yeah, there's actually um, not too far from us. There is a company called Voltron 
where I know Borderlands, Fire Truck Brewing, and I think one more joined in, but it's basically a, a large-scale brewing space. Uh, I think it's a it's a co-op, I believe. You, I'm, I may be misquoting that, but basically it's it's a shared brewing space where you can brew on a larger scale to be able to meet the demand. How does Tucson fit in this, you know, sort of craft beer world? Because I, I look just in the downtown 4th Avenue area, and there's it's hard to go a block without seeing a different brewery or tap. Mm-hmm. Or do we have yeah. a, a lot per capita or are we just sort of the norm? Yeah, I don't know the exact numbers on that. I know that it's definitely growing from where it used to be. And a lot have popped up even in the last two years, which is really exciting because, you know, we were in this zone where businesses were not doing well because people weren't going anywhere. I know nationwide we're not even close to the top per capita. I know Michigan Mm. has a lot. Um, North Carolina, there are some cities where they, I think there's like a city in North Carolina that has like the most per capita in the entire U S. Well, we see, we're we're getting there. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I don't think we've saturated the market yet, but it's definitely growing. Well, Elisa Lauer, this is going to be an interesting title. Let's see. We've got uh, the brewer for iron Johns with the ballet and burger background. And, yeah. <laughs> and kind of excited to see the locations opening back up, that positive sign. And it, it seems like it took a little bit of a detour, but all the pieces are, are falling into place for, for you and the team at Iron John's to create that, that ultimate vision. It's been stressful, but also really exciting the last couple of years. We're really looking forward to seeing what we can accomplish, you know, once we have everything fully open. Lots of projects happening there. Uh, you know, the, the ownership, uh, we, we talked about that, Elisa and her husband, Stuart. Uh, there's Chris and Rose Feitch and um, uh, Fletcher McCusker. These are all people that are working together to get this place up and running, not just as a tap room in downtown, but their facility down there in Army Park area. And uh, also the one which I just learned about in our interview um, on Broadway and Craycroft with the, um, uh, the old Monkey Burger space there. So lots of things happening. Lots of cool people involved with that. And, of course, we'll keep tabs to make sure if there's any updates, we come back and share those with you. Well, my name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and we're available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. Lots of reasons to, to head over to downtownradio.org. I, I know some of the shows now are starting to come out with their own swag. I feel a little behind. Uh, there's some cool hoodies out there from uh, a couple of our DJs. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll get some swag up there so that you can have some life along the streetcar merchandise and support downtown radio along the way. Also, check out that schedule. You know, we're an all-volunteer-run radio station. If you listen to this at all during the week, you know how fabulous our DJs are, how much they love their music, and always feature different types of, of uh, mostly a rock mix, Monday through Saturday. And then on Sundays, it's just a, a very wonderful 
um, eclectic, diverse lineup. Starts off every Sunday with Mr. Nature, Little Leaf Radio. Very family-friendly, somewhat children-oriented show, but I tell you, his music gets me. It's one of my favorite shows on downtown radio. And then it's followed by DJ Bank, which is probably my favorite show uh, overall, The Art of Easing. Great way to spend a Sunday from 9 to 11. We have the talk shows where we come in. Uh, Ted Prozelski with Words and Work follows us. And then it's Ty Logan at the top of the hour with Heavy Mental. And then we get back into the music with uh, Speaker Box X and Soul Vibe Sunday. Uh, I got to tell you, those those two shows have uh, been somewhat eye-opening for me because I, I, I get introduced to music that I don't normally listen to. And... Uh, Huge, huge fan and appreciate the work that they're doing along with all of our other DJs. So if you get a chance, you know, around 1 o'clock and you're looking, looking for some cool uh, music, listen to Speakerbox X with uh, V-Riv and then Soul Vibe Sundays with Melly Mel. You're going to enjoy it. Of course, we get into our nightly lineup after that. Well, we are wrapping up here for the day. I'll be at the Festival of Books, booth 403, if you want to stop over and see us. And the reason we're at the Festival of Books is because we have a book. Took us like 20 years to write, um, but it's done. And a huge shout out to uh, James Portis, who was our photographer and helped with the layout and really was the, the energy that kept us going. And Julie Bonner did our cover art. Uh, she's the one that did our original show poster and the cover art very much similar along those same lines. Fabulous artist. Uh, she will be with us at our booth today, booth 403, if you come out. She's got her own art collection uh, for sale uh, there. Her, she's got flashcards from her uh, Desert Dwellers as well as other fantastic creations. Well, thank you to our guest today, Elisa Lauer with Iron John's Brewery, Ballet Burgers and Beer. It's kind of kind of a rare combination. Glad we had a chance to speak with her. If you ever have a topic you want us to cover... Our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. You can hit us up on uh, Facebook and social media. We love to be tagged in things or uh, you know, share, just share something on our page so that we can dig a little bit more into it. I uh, recently came across a posting uh, we were mentioned uh, with uh, Seal Peterson, and that just led me down that path of we've never featured her on the show. Um, I don't quite know how to do that, uh, so I've reached out on Facebook, and if you know of someone we could interview to highlight her life, her legacy. Uh, we would uh, appreciate that introduction. But uh, this is a community conversation. A lot of our shows are inspired by our guests or by you. So please continue to uh, feed us that information. Well, we're going to wrap up today. Yesterday was kind of a, a beer day here in the old Pueblo with the Grand Fondo and St. Patrick's Day Parade. And of course, this week we've got St. Patrick's Day coming up. So we're going to leave you with a little Irish music today. It's uh, from a band. It's uh, Bill Monahan and the Celtic Pride, Celtic Pride. And this is off a live album on St. Patrick's Day in 2011. The album's called Kiss the BS, which I think is Blarney Stone. And uh, the song here in honor of our guest is Beer, Beer, Beer. I hope you have a great week. And tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar. Along came a 